Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. We may take our seats in the presence of our Mashiach. Hallelujah. There's only one Mashiach. There's only one Christ. There are not different Christs. There's only one Christ. And that Christ is Mashiach. I told, I, I, I don't, well, I keep saying I told, I don't think I've told us here, but when I was younger, in the knowledge of God, I don't know much of God yet. Even the angels throughout, since creation, they still don't know God. How much more you and I? But I used to think that Jesus' last name was Christ. Jesus Christ, like David Saki. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you too. Yeah. How many thought that way too? Yeah. But it's a title. Christ is a title. Christ is not a last name, but a title. Oh, hallelujah. The title, you read Daniel, you read different uh, 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 books of the Bible, and you see why Christ should have come by, especially Daniel. Jesus Christ is Jesus the Christ. So his name actually is Jesus the Christ. Not Jesus Christ, but Jesus the Christ. In the name of Jesus the Christ, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Of course, when you say Jesus Christ, it's fair. But it's actually Jesus the Christ. Now, the word Christ is the English word for the Greek word Christos. And Christos is the Greek word for the Hebrew word Mashiach. I wish I could say it well in Hebrew, but Mashiach. But they say it, ma Mashiach. Yes, Mashiach. Yeah, I think you did pretty good. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that is how it's pronounced. Now, what is the Mashiach? The Mashiach is the anointed one, the Messiah, the king. That is the Mashiach. So, the Old Testament promised a Mashiach who would be called the son of man. It was the son of man. Jesus used that title because it was also in Daniel. Hallelujah. So, the Mashiach is the title of the Christ who is to come, who was prophesied to come in Daniel and in the Old Testament, the, the name Mashiach means it's a title of the anointed one, the, the title of the Messiah, the title of the king. So that word, Jesus the Mashiach, that's why we usually say Yeshua Mashiach. He is the Mashiach. He is the Christ. So Anytime we are saying Jesus Christ, we are saying that, yes, Jesus is the Christ that was to come. 
But there are certain people in a certain part of the world who are still waiting for Mashiach. But he's come already. But he will come again anyway. But he's already come. Oh, we bless the Lord. I think I need to preach that 21 reasons again. Hallelujah. Because it talks about how, Daniel talks about how the Son of Man will be presented to the ancient of days. Hallelujah. And how it explains, Daniel is, is actually, Revelation is a sequel to Daniel. When you look at, when you read Daniel and you read Revelation, you see that the Revelation is almost like a continuation. Hallelujah. But today we are not talking about the book of Daniel or about Mashiach as the title. The most important things to develop in yourself. We're going to continue. The most important things to develop in yourself. Oh, hallelujah. Number one, we said, was to develop the cryptos man. Now, English is limited, but Greek and Hebrew, especially the Greek, is not limited. Actually, English, uh, my father was explaining English to me. English has evolved. The, the English language is... is I mean, you can see L-E-A-D. You can see it, it means something different depending on what you are saying. Lead, lead. It's only English that you have those kind of things. But you can see love is one, one word in English. But in Greek, you have agape, you have filio, you have eros, you even have agapo, which is like an old word for agape. Hallelujah. So you can see that you can have one word in English and it will limit you, but if you have that same, if you can have three words in Greek, which will explain three different things, which also mean love. But when you read it in the English language, it's limited. English is limited. You cannot say too much more, or you cannot expound on things. I, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So that's something very important for us. So the cryptos man is what we call, or the Bible calls, or God calls, the inward man. The cryptos man is the Greek word which means inward man, which means hidden man of the heart, which means the inner man. So the inner man is the cryptos man. The hidden man of the heart is the cryptos man, the, and, and the cryptos man is your spirit. That's an easy way to say it. Why? Because man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. So the spirit, so you have the body. You can see my body. Inside the body, right inside is the, the soul. Meaning that external forces affect the body first. And then if the external force is able to penetrate the body, it will affect the soul first. And then inside uh, uh, the inner layer of the soul, or rather inside the, the human body, uh, uh, deeper than the soul is the spirit. I don't know if you guess what I'm saying. So you first have to go through the body, then the soul, and then the spirit. But the spirit is the real you and I. We are a spirit and we have a soul. So the spirit is the real you and I. The body is just a house. Now, the, the in, the, so, so when you and I want to contend, we have to be careful because the body is from the earth. Why do I say that? The spirit is from God. God breathed unto man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So the spirit came from God. 
Hallelujah. That's why in, his, uh, in Ecclesiastes, it says that when the silver cord is broken and the bowl, there's something about some bowl, sistrum bowl, is broken, then the spirit will return to him who made it. Of course, the Christian. Hallelujah. So the spirit is, uh, of a Christian is truly holy. Uh, put on the new man, which after God is righteous and truly holy. So the spirit of a Christian is righteous and truly holy. And it's after God. The Bible says that the carnal mind is enmity with God. But the spirit man of a Christian is trying to please God. Now the body is from the earth. Because God took dust of the earth to form man. So the bodies of the earth, that's why the body will remain on the earth. No matter how spiritual you are. Unless you are Elijah who will fly. The body will remain on the earth. So it means that the body is easily influenced by the earth. And the prince of the earth. And the spirit is easily influenced by God. When the devil is trying to affect you and I, he starts with the body. Then he's, he's able, if he's able to go through the body, then he gets the mind, the soul. But he's not easily able to get the spirit. Unless you are, uh, as an unbeliever, he's able to possess spirit, soul, body. But a Christian, the devil is able to influence the body and the soul. Depression means the devil has been able to penetrate the soul, the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. So, what, so, so the main person or main part of us that we need to really work on, which will determine what you and I will do is the soul. And the soul is the mind, the will, the intellect, and it goes on. Now, the body is so close to the, the, the earth or is earthly and so close to the prince of the power of the air or external forces that it's easily able to affect the soul. But the spirit, if the spirit is not fed and is not growing and is not strong, then the spirit will not be able to affect the soul. Because the soul, the spirit and the body are contending with the soul. Or rather contending with each other to affect the soul. So the soul, depending on who masters the soul, it will determine what you do and how close you are you'll be with God. Because the soul is the mind how you think, how you, your, your will, what are your will, your, what's your will, your ambitions, your aspirations, all that is the soul. But sometimes the spirit and the soul, it's so hard to separate them because the will, the, the spirit also, is, is in, it's almost intertwined. It's only uh, Hebrews 4.12. Let's look at Hebrews 4.12. That is able to, it's only the word of God that can separate the soul and the spirit. For the word of God is quick and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So it is the word of God that is so sharp that you, you need a very sharp instrument to be able to penetrate and divide accurately the soul and the spirit. And it's only the word of God. But you realize that the word of God is quick or alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Because it is a sword that can penetrate. I don't know if you're hearing something, but it needs to be so sharp. And there's only one sharp sword. The sharpest sword in the universe is the word of God. And that is able to separate, asunder, divide the soul and the spirit. And the joints and the marrow. It's not easy to separate the joints and the marrow. But I'm sure medical technology, who knows, they're able to do it. But you see that it's a fine, thin, precision line. If they can do it, I'm sure. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So without the word of God, it's difficult to separate the soul and the spirit. But nevertheless, we are a spirit and we have a soul. How many are getting me so far? So now, 
the, 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 the soul is the mind. And we all know that the mind determines what we will do many times. I feel like doing something. I want to do something. I will to do something. I have to do something. I do it. So how do we work on our soul so that our soul will be submitted to the word of God or to our spirit? Because the spirit wants to serve God. The spirit wants to please God. The soul does not. The soul is indifferent. The body wants to serve the flesh. The body, the flesh wants to serve their, its appetite. So which one will work? Which one? That's why you and I must make sure that our spirits are strong enough so that when there's a contending between the body and the, the, the spirit for the soul, the spirit will gain mastery over the body. That's what you understand. And then we need to put our body under. But who, when, when Apostle Paul said, get out of this, when Apostle Paul said, and I put my body under, who is the I? Because this is my body. Many people think that I is this I. But who is the I who needs to put the body under? The spirit. The spirit needs to put the body under. But how can a weak, malnourished spirit put a body under? The Bible says, even though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is renewed day by day, but by the word. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So, but I keep under my body. Look at this in NLT. I don't know if I'm speaking to someone here. I discipline my body like an athlete. Training it to do what it should. An athlete is training the body to have stamina. If you are an athlete and you are running, you are training your body to be able to run and have stamina and go the distance and also run fast. So the athlete forces the body to do something. Hallelujah. In the same way, I... Discipline my body. I is a spirit. Apostle Paul's spirit or cryptos man, he, he, the cryptos man, was disciplining the body and training the body to do what the spirit wants. So it means that you and I, the earlier we grow our spirit and our spirits are strong, the better. Because the, it, it is up to the spirit or the body. Now the body is influenced by so many things. The soul Garbage in, garbage out. If the soul is hearing about fearful things, if every time the soul is hearing about things that are bad, things that, uh, oh, there's no hope for the future, uh, all sorts of things. If the, if, the, if the soul is hearing these things, now how the soul hears it, the body will take a book or take a video and press play and the soul will receive it. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. They will go on Netflix and watch murders or watch rapes or I don't know, whatever. They will watch certain things and the soul has it's entered into the soul. So now the soul is afraid and fearful. So the soul, the spirit has not been able to master. If the spirit is strong, then the spirit will be able to master the soul and tell the soul that look don't worry the bible says this so relax do not be afraid the bible says in second timothy 1 7 god has not given us the spirit of fear but power love and of a sound mind so the spirit will tell the soul to calm down 
But if the soul is rich in the word, then anytime the body tells the soul something to do, the soul will stop it. Because the soul, look at James chapter 1. Let's start from verse 20. James chapter 1, verse 20, NLT. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. So there are three parts of us. But it is one person, but you are just three parts. And it's not like God. God is not, is, you can't equate spiritual and body to God because one of them is earthly and is weak. So, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you cannot compare, you can't, no. There are many of them that can be debunked at ease, or there's some many of the theories, easily debunked. Hallelujah. Because three, I, I, maybe one of these days I'll show us, I think I showed it in some, but there's a way to, I've figured out how to do the Trinity thing that will make sense. Because God the Father is God. God the Son is God. God the Holy Spirit is God. But it's not three separate gods, but it's one God. And the word God cannot exist without the Father. The word God cannot exist without the Son. The word God cannot exist without the Holy Spirit. But it's not three separate gods, but it's one God. So, but you can't use the body for that. James 1.20. Your anger can never make things right in God's sight. Verse 21. So get, get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. And humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts. For it is strong enough to save your souls. So it means your soul can be saved. Look at it in King James. Your soul is, is when you are born again, it's your spirit that is born again, the real person. But the soul is not your born again. The soul is, is a continuous process of salvation and regeneration by the word. That's the soul. The body will not be saved. The body will never be saved. That's why we have glorified bodies. The spirit is saved. That's why we have, uh, uh, don't, you don't need to turn to it, but 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, is a new creature or new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The spirit was hard, darkened, deceitful, wicked. God removed the old, put in a new. The soul is still the same. Depending on what you put in, you know what happens. The body will never be saved. We will not have, we've already have a new spirit. We will not have a new spirit in the, in the sweet by and by. We already have it. We will not have a new soul. Of course, our soul will be so transformed in heaven. But our soul is being saved now. Our body will never be saved. That's why we will have glorified bodies. That's why, we, that, that, that's, that's why the, dead in, the, the dead in Christ will rise first. And God will clothe them with glorified bodies. Second Corinthians chapter 5 explains all that. So we would, we would receive glorified bodies. And those glorified bodies, I'm very confident that I can't find scripture for that. But I, all I know is that if Adam was so strong that, remember, let's keep it here. If Adam was so strong that, and so wise that he could name all the animals, how was he able to name the, the sea creatures? It means he could go into the sea and, and, and not drown. He couldn't die. If he couldn't die... It, it's almost like we are watching Superman. Literally. Superman, a cow hit him, he won't die. The only thing is that Adam was stronger than Superman because Krypton, he had weakness. Adam didn't have any weakness. 
Jesus, the Bible says there was one, the first Adam and the second Adam. The first Adam was from the earth. The second Adam was from heaven. So it means that the second Adam, Jesus Christ, had the glorified bodies that we are looking for. When, of course, when he rose. Now, it means that the, the real spiritual body or the real Adamic body. What? I'm sure he could fly. I'm sure, I didn't say the Bible says. I'm sure he could fly. How, how can you not fly? The Bible says, I give you dominion over the, 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 the birds of the air. So, what's the, high, the, the highest bird that flies up? He had dominion over that bird. To have dominion, it means that no, wherever the bird will go, I have control over the bird. So, he could fly there. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, when we have our glorified bodies, it will be like Jesus' body. Now, Jesus' body is so powerful. Even Superman could not do what I'm about to say. Superman could not, the, door, the doors are closed, and then he comes and appears in physical. It's not that he turned to spirit and then physical. He had a physical body, and yet he was able to pass through the walls with a physical body. Oh, put your hands together for Jesus. How could that be? That's the kind of body we have. And that kind of body is so powerful. Now, you see, when you go up in space, you need those suits. Otherwise, you implode. Is it implode or explode? I don't know which one. I know in the sea, you implode. If you go deep. Now, up in space, will you implode or explode? Whichever one, there'll be imploding. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, we all know that if you go high and you cross the atmosphere, even rockets, when they cross a certain threshold, it's like fire, the atmosphere. But Jesus was able to go up. The Bible says that they saw him ascend with his body, ascend up. Even in spite of that fire. So when we, glory, glory, when we die and we have our glorified bodies, our bodies will be so powerful that we can go into space, go up with no problems. There will be no imploding because our bodies are glorified bodies. Glory to God. That's what Apostle Paul said. It's better for me to be with the Lord. It's far better. Far better. But for me, I say, it's, even though it's far better, we'll chop 100 years here, and then we'll go to the far better place in Jesus' name. Oh, glory to God. Am I preaching to somebody here? Amen. So, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and so and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. There you go. Your souls. So the soul is being saved. And the only way the soul can be saved is through the Bible. Now, the word, when you say the word of God, the word of God is the Bible. The word of God is the Bible as written by Moses from Genesis to Revelation in the canon. That is the Bible. Even though some will also add some of the uh, book of Enoch and all that stuff. But at least that, that is the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Any other book is not called the word of God. No matter who wrote it. No matter what revelation. It is not called the word of God. There's only one word of God. And that word of God is revealed in the Bible. Now, does that mean that the Bible has 
Everything. You see, Jesus Christ, the Bible says, in, when, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word was God. In Revelation, the Bible calls him the word of God. So, before Jesus was on earth, what was he called? The word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word became flesh. So, it means that before Christ came to the earth, he was called the word of God. Now, the word of God we know is the Logos. Jesus Christ is the Logos, which is the entire complete word of God. The Rhema is a, subs- uh, uh, what? It's a subset of the word of God, the, logo, the, the Logos. We'll talk about Rhema Logos later on. But now the question is, Jesus Christ is everything about Jesus all in the Bible? No. There is more about Jesus, the word, than in the Bible. But the Bible says that what has been written is sufficient for us for salvation. Oh, I thought you put your hands together for Jesus. It's sufficient for salvation. Sufficient. So we are talking about this word of God, which is able to save your soul. Because Jesus is the savior of our soul. And he saved our spirit. Through, how did Jesus save our spirit? He saved our spirit by his death, shedding, well, he saved, let's start again. He saved our spirit by his blood being shed on the cross, by his, yes, his blood being shed on the cross of Calvary, dying, buried, and rising from the dead. That's how he saved our spirit. How did he save our soul? It's being saved, it's through Jesus also, but Jesus the word. The spirit was saved by the acts of Jesus through the death, burial, and resurrection. But the soul is being saved by Jesus the word. Because the Bible says that, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. That's why without the word, soul no save. So there are many Christians who are saved in the spirit, but their souls are not saved. And the body, the best we can do is to buffet our body. That's the best we can do. The body, the best is to buffet it. Because it cannot be saved. It is of the earth. What do you think? Glory to God. So now, it means that we must feed the spirit. We must feed the spirit. And El Shaddai has everything we need for food, like the breast milk. You see, when a baby has breast milk, the breast milk gives the baby everything the baby needs to progress and grow. Everything. It's not as if there is some deficiency. Okay, let's look for a substitute. No. In the same way, that's why he's the all-breasted one. So, the all-breasted one has all we need in the Bible. So the Bible, which is the sincere milk, First Peter 2.2, 2, is the sincere milk. As we drink the sincere milk of the word, then we are able to grow properly because we have all we need. All we need. We don't need any other thing but the word. Because the Bible didn't say, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word and that you may grow thereby. That is man's theory. But God didn't add that. 
God just said the sincere milk of the word. Anything else added is man's theory. Of course, we need different things to grow. But anything we are adding, anything we are putting there that is not in link to the word, or that is making it superior to the word, will not cause someone to grow. The word of God is that simple. As newborn babes, glory. As newborn babes, desire. Desire. So it means that the, when the Bible says desire something, it is a command to tell us to do something we would not have done without the, the, the telling. Let me repeat that again. God is saying, desire, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word. So it means that if God did not tell me to desire, I would not have desired. God knows that you and I in general, we would not have desired the sincere milk. We need to make a conscious effort to desire the sincere milk of the word. Otherwise, we will not read it. Don't shut me down preaching good here. Those here, those watching, how easy is it to read the Bible? It's easy to pray than to read the Bible. But the command is desire. Glory. It's easy to pray than to read the Bible. True or false? Oh, yeah. At least for me. So it has to be for everyone else. It's easy to pray than to read the Bible. As you're praying there, all you need to do is open your mouth. But you open the Bible and you are reading it. You are taking the time. You are pondering upon it. It's harder. But may you and I desire the sincere milk of the word so that we will grow thereby. Okay, I've said different things, so let's just see where we are. What do you think? Amen. Matthew 23, 27 to 28. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. So last week I remember saying that hey, the adulteress, Jesus, had time for her. He actually had time. He said, Don't worry, you are your accusers. When it came to the woman at the well, she had husbands divorced, had husbands, whether divorced or not, we don't even know whether she was divorced or whether she just left them. And she, the man she was living with was not her husband, but Jesus had time for her. But the pastors, Jesus didn't have time. So it's something that I think about. It's like, hey, if Jesus didn't have time for them, Maybe another time we'll talk. This is not the time for talk about. Why didn't he, why, why was he impatient? Did he ever tell people, you, you hell, you, you, are, you are doomed for hell? He, it's only the pastors who told those things. Hey, because of how they behaved towards his people and Etc., etc. So, this is just something that's a caution to myself and to all pastors. Even, where, where are we? Okay, verse 27. Uh, let's go to 27 again and read it. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like white 
unto white third sepulchre. In fact, let's read it from King James. Oh, sorry, from NLT. <laughs> Glory to God. How terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees. Hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. So you see that dead people's bones. So it's how they've treated people and how they've mishandled people, dead people's bones. And yeah, it's all connected to those things. Yeah. It's not even because they went to fornicate or going to steal, but it's because of how they've dealt with people. Next verse. You try to look like upright people outwardly, but inside your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. But as you get to, as you get to know people, you realize that people are liars. Or, hey, <laughs> people lie. You, it, it's amazing. It's amazing. But um, it's unfortunate. So, verse 28. So, you see that inside the Pharisees, outside looked very nice. But inside was all sorts of, were all sorts of things that God hated. God hated so much that he, he almost cursed them. So, it means that what is in the inside of you and I, the only thing that can remove bad things from the inside and keep strong good things from the inside or add good things to the inside is the engrafted word. I thought you put your hands together for Jesus. <laughs> Proverbs 20, 27. NLT. The Lord such light penetrates the human spirit Exposing every hidden motive. We read that last week, and we also read from James 1, 21 to 25. But just to summarize that so that we can continue. The Lord's search light. Now, what is the search light? What is the Lord's search light? The Lord's search light is the Lord's light. And, and, and it's... it's the Lord's search light is the Lord's light that searches. Search light is a light that you used to search. Now, this search light penetrates the body to the soul to the human spirit and exposes every hidden motive in the human spirit. So it means that the Bible, which is the searchlight, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, John 1, 1 to 4, 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him and for him, and without him was not made anything that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. That in the word was the light of men. The light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Then it goes on to say, and the word became flesh. So the light, you can keep it. Let's, yeah, let's go back. Hallelujah. Amen. When you see I'm almost finished, then just stay where you are. <laughs> Glory to God. Proverbs 20, 20, 27. The Lord's word penetrates the human spirit and exposes what is inside. That's why David says, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. 
and see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. That's David. When I'm seeing it, I say, Lord, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And when you find, not if, when you find the wicked way, lead me in the way everlasting. Not if. Don't shout me down. I'm preaching good here. Then James chapter 1, verse 20 to 25, talks about the fact that the one who hears the word and is a doer of the word is the one who is blessed in his or her deeds. Why? The one who, is, who, who he reads the word or hears the word and does not do the word is like someone who beholds their, themselves in a mirror and sees the kind of person they are. They see whether they are dirty, what they are. They see that there is dirt in their face and straight away they forget what kind of person they are. What does it mean? It means the word of God exposes who you and I are. The word of God exposes what is in our hearts. The word of God exposes what is in our minds. The word of God tells us, look, you are envious. The word of God will tell you, you are a jealous person. It's only God who should be jealous. The word of God will say that you are a proud person. The word of God will say that you are a whatever, liar or whatever. You, 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 you are a wicked person. I wonder, hallelujah. That's what the word of God will say. You, you, whatever it is, the word of God will expose it. Now, when you are a doer of the word, then you are doing what the Bible is saying you should do to get out of these negative things. But if you are not a doer of the word, then the exposure will come. You'll be exposed. You are this. You are that. You are this. You are that. But because you are not doing the word, then you go away. You forget. Then you forget that the Bible said you are this, you are that, you are that. You forget it. And you continue as you are. Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. So very, very important. Very, very important. Look at First Peter 3, 3 and 4. And then we'll talk about one more and then we'll go into the next section of number one. Glory to God. Gal- what did I say? Galatians? Oh, First Peter. Good. First Peter chapter 3. Verse 3 and 4 NLT. Now, this is not about, even though this is talking about women, this is rather, I, I want us to see, or God wants you and I to see it, uh, see what is precious to God and where it is. Not about male, female, because it, it can apply to everyone. Don't, well, let's not try to talk to the Bible or add to the Bible. It applies to women. I was going to try to make it politically, but I'll be breaking the word. I didn't say that. Did he say that? Did he say that? <laughs> First Peter, I've learned not to do that. There are verses that will make it clean, but this should not be the one, because that's not what it says. First Peter, let's start from verse 1. First Peter 3, 1 to 4. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands, even those who refuse to accept the good news. Your godly lives will speak to them better than any words. They will be won over, verse 2, by watching your pure, godly behavior, verse 3. 
Don't be concerned, so it's clearly a woman. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty that depends on fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. So, anytime I see some beautiful clothes and fancy hairstyle, I like it. It's nice. It's working. So please, let's do the fancy stuff. But as we are doing it, let's look at what God is seeing. We look at the fancy star. That's what we see. But when God is seeing, he doesn't see the hair. He doesn't see the shirt. He sees something. That's what we want to look at. You should be known for the beauty that comes from within. Now, what is the within? The beauty that comes from the spirit, from you. Anytime I say, latele, you, we are not talking about the body we see. You, inside. So you, the spirit man, woman, should be known for the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty. Because the beauty in the spirit doesn't fade. But give yourselves for 8, 70 years. It will fade. That one, it will fade. But as it's fading, the beauty inside is unfading. The, you see, let it come from within the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is precious to God. No, King James says it in a beautiful way. Verse 4. That's important so that we talk about what matters to God, not whether it's male or female. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. There you go. The hidden man, the cryptos man. So meaning that don't be worried about hair and clothing, but rather be adorned not with clothing and hair, but be adorned. Let the inner man, the cryptos man be adorned, the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible. Even the ornament, I said even the ornament, the cryptos man should have an ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. That's what I wanted in King James. There's a difference between precious and great price. So it means that when God sees me, is he seeing something that is of great price in me? He will not see it by what I'm doing or what I'm saying or what I'm wearing. If he's looking at me, David Saki, is he going to see something of great price? He's going to go straight to the spirit to see whether there is something of great price there. If he goes to the spirit and he sees garbage, then he moves. If he goes to the spirit and he sees something that is of great price, then he's happy. But that's number one. Number two, from this verse, you and I can tell already what is of great price to God. A meek and a quiet spirit is of great price to God. Therefore, we must want that. Whether male or female, we must want a meek and a quiet spirit. Because the Bible is the marking scheme. The Bible has the past questions and solutions. When we are going to heaven, when we die, or when we die, the marking scheme and how we are going to be judged is in the Bible. On earth, how God is going to relate on, with us is all in the Bible. So if the creator of the universe, 
whose my life is in his hands. Who, who of whom my life is in his hands. He can funeral. Or he can 102. Oh, yes. That person, I must make sure that as he scans and he looks at my heart, he sees a meek and a quiet spirit. Because the Bible says that it's great. It's a great thing to God. It's of great price. I don't know really if you hear what I'm talking about. And that's what I want. That's what I want. Oh, glory. Oh, glory to God. That's a good quality. Okay, how many are getting me so far? So that is important. So we've now seen the importance of the spirit and working and developing the spirit. Guard your hearts. Some people say guard your bodies with all diligence. For out of your body are the issues of life. So people, you see, the angels, that's for God, he knows man. But I believe the angels are just standing there. <sighs> Let me explain why. Oh God, bless me. Oh God, use me. Oh God, this. I'm not saying there's a problem with it. But you see how some people can go and do their hair and spend 10 hours. Is it, is it sometimes more? Sometimes more. So the angel sees and says, oh, good, good, good. It means that when they're reading their Bibles and praying, at least they'll do three hours because they've already spent 10 hours. So, yes, they're excited. Okay, okay. Then they go and pray and 20 minutes, ah! They, they, they don't know what to do. I'm sure they, the Bible says, and the angels are watching salvation and us, and it's something they are eager to look into. Ten hours, but an hour to spend to develop the spirit. Uh, 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 let me pop some snap chat. Uh, uh, let me see what is happening on TikTok. Let me see what's happening on Facebook, IG. Then the angels are like, no. Ten hours? Even one hour? It's supposed to deliver the spirit. Oh, it's too much to look into. How long is the Super Bowl? I don't have time for all those things, but how long is it? Yes. Oh, one hour for the whole thing. Okay, it's one. But like, what's the total for the day? Three to four hours for the whole days. Yes. Yes, place out. An hour. But it takes about three, four hours. So, <laughs> so the angels are also watching. <clears throat> there's popcorn. There's chips. Okay, we are watching Super Bowl. It's good. If, if I was interested, I would watch it, Super Bowl. If it's, if it's World Cup because Africa is fighting or um, is, is playing, I'll watch it just to cheer. But, okay, Super Bowl. Hey, eating popcorn, okay, yes, yeah, drinking beer, everything exciting, okay. Hey, hey, no, this. They spent four hours. Okay. Let's go to church. They go to church. At two, after two hours, pastor said, so the angels are like, Super Bowl, they are not going to make any money from it. It's sport, okay. They spent four hours, five hours, Maybe after that chatting, 
and two hours a week. It's too much to look into. Soccer. Too much to look into. Too much to look into. So God sees it. That's the thing. God sees where we are willing to make the sacrifice. God sees it. He sees that you can make a sacrifice here. You can make a sacrifice there. But why can't you make a sacrifice here? Why can't you make a sacrifice here? Why can't you make a sacrifice to come to church or to pray or to do something? Why? That's what God sees it. God sees what we are willing to do for what we really want. And yet, when we are saying, I love you, Lord, I want to be where you are, I want to be in your court, it's you, I'm sure there's a song, oh, I prefer to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. If there's no song, it might come up soon. Maybe I'll even write that. There's a, it's better to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in, um, there'll be song, I didn't say a song like that. I'm sure there's, the, people, if there's a song, people will sing it and have tears. Yet, they won't come. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's the thing. So many people spend time doing things. I remember there was a man. This is a true story. I, was, I think if someone sent me a Facebook of this. <clears throat> there was a man who was a, a Christian. Sunday, no church. Weekday service, no church. No church, why? Because I'm busy. Time to, okay, you are busy. What about pray? I don't have time. What about this? I don't have time. He did not have time for anything. Then one day when he went to the doctor, she was diagnosed with cancer. And the doctor said, I want you to come every day for this number of weeks and then three times a, a day for this number of weeks or three times a week for this number of weeks he made the time so it means that as for time you will find the time for what you want there was a time there was an, an uh, 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 is it a, an outdooring baby naming ceremony when i was in minneapolis the snow storm. I went with one of the members, Juliet. I went. We said we're going to have the. We're going there. As we're going, when I saw the snow on the road, if I was alone, I would have returned home. It was treacherous. But we drove Brooklyn. But this was from Chicago to Brooklyn Park. I'm sure it was. 40 minutes, with the snow, maybe over an hour. When we got there, the place was packed to capacity. That was Saturday. Sunday! The church was half. Because, and when you ask them, because of the snow. But the snow did not prevent you from going to where you wanted to go. But God sees all this. Imagine you are someone who God sees you are making an effort at work. You are making an effort in this life. And you are making even half the effort for him. 
how happy he will be, even half. How happy he will be. And when that happens, he will bless you. Then he would say in heaven that Joel has chosen the needful thing and that thing will not be taken away from him. What am I talking about? He would see that you are making the effort to know him, to read his word, to dive into his word. You are making the effort to develop your cryptos man. When he sees you are making the effort, then you, like we said Moses, when God saw that Moses turned aside, then God called him. When God sees you are making the effort, then God will bless you. God will help you. But when God sees that you are making efforts in different other things, with different things, but not with him. Imagine how many youngsters spend time, three hours, four hours, five hours, gossiping and talking about unnecessary things. You spend four hours, what about even an hour with the Lord? Is it boring? Is God so boring that we can't spend? I'm, I'm, talking, I'm talking about how I feel God feels. Um, is it so boring that we don't want to talk to him? Then I'm in heaven there, it will be boring. So why do you want to go to heaven? It will be too boring because even to just talk to him for an hour, we can't. Am I preaching? Yes, I know. I'm human. I know the cares of this world. I know that sometimes you don't, you don't feel like doing it. But that's why we must pray for the desire. We must push through. I don't feel like praying all the time. I don't feel like reading my Bible all the time. But all God is looking for is when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside, then God called. All God is looking for is make the effort. When you make the effort, he will meet you more than halfway. The prodigal son, when he had backslidden and had gone away, when the father saw him afar off, like how God relates to the backslidden sinner, when the father saw him afar off, the father rushed to meet him. The father didn't wait for him to come. God will always meet us when he sees we are making the effort. And he will always help us. I said God will always help us. The God we serve will always help us. Oh, hallelujah to Jesus. I don't know. I'm just not out of word. I'm just out of time. We will continue, God willing, next week. Hallelujah to Jesus. Shall we stand to our feet and just speak to the Lord? Oh, glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, speak to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. And his mercies endureth forever. They endureth forever. They endureth forever. Just bless him. Just worship Jesus. Tell him that you love him. You honor him. You want more of his word. God, I pray for the grace to develop the, my cryptos man, my, my, my spirit, my hidden man, the hidden man of my heart. I pray that you help me. I pray that you help me. I pray that you help me. I need it. I need it, Lord.
ask him to give you the desire for the sincere milk of the word so that you can grow in your spirit so that you can grow so that you can grow so that you can be charged up so that you can be edified oh Jesus Lord we, 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 we desire meet us meet us meet us and help us oh God meet us Jesus and help us in the name of Jesus repeat after me, especially those who are watching, who have raised, have raised their hand. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. From today, my sins are forgiven. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you, all of you who have given your lives to Jesus Christ. You are born again. I want you to write us a note and let us know that God has saved you and you are born again. In Jesus' name, amen. So just before we sing a quick song, it's time, offering time, blessing time. So I want to encourage you to give to Jesus. Give a seed offering, give to the Lord Jesus. Now when you 
you scan, it will help you to see, uh, to, 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 it will be easy for you to give by just scanning. So just scan or text to give or PayPal or Zelle. And I want to encourage you to give to support the church, give to support the crusade, anything you want to give, but know that anything you give is you giving to the Lord. And God will bless you. Jesus and Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may take our seat.